Hey friend, you're listening to episode 29 of the Chasing Simple podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you've been around for a while, I just wanted to stop and recognize you. This podcast would not exist without you and your support, and I want you to know that I don't take that lightly. I appreciate you so much. Now, on today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Elizabeth McCravey. Elizabeth is a Nashville-based website designer and business strategist. She designs strategic and fun website templates for female entrepreneurs. Elizabeth has served hundreds of talented business owners to help them build a personal brand business and make more money online. She mixes marketing strategy, personality galore, and tons of fun to create custom brands, custom websites, and website templates. Her goal is to make beautiful and strategic websites that turn viewers into raving clients. Elizabeth is also the host of the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, where she teaches entrepreneurs how to stand out online. Elizabeth is a Show It Design partner and is the current Show Itier of the year and has been recognized as a top designer by Show It. Now, I met Elizabeth at a conference last year and was immediately struck by her authenticity. A few of us ended up having dinner together and Elizabeth was as real, vulnerable, and kind in person as she seems on social media. When I dreamed up this podcast, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to have her on so that she could share her expertise with you and... Honestly, she would have been on here much sooner if we hadn't had some scheduling conflicts, but this episode was worth the wait. Today, we're chatting about the beginning of building a business, the side hustling, the imposter syndrome, and incorporating your personal journey and self into your branding authentically, all in the hopes that you'll be able to enjoy the ride that is building a business. So let's go ahead and dive right in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is, and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey there, I'm popping in really quick to ask for your help. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a rating and review for the Chasing Simple podcast? See, ratings and reviews are really important in the life of a podcast because it tells your podcast player that people are listening to and enjoying this show, which means that this show will get put in front of a wider audience. Not only that, but I love to read the encouraging words from listeners, especially on those hard days of entrepreneurship. If you felt encouraged by this show, I would love to hear about it. So, please go leave a rating and review if you haven't already. It would really mean the world to me. All right. Hi, Elizabeth. I am so excited for you to be here today. I just have been looking forward to this interview for a really long time, actually. So why don't you introduce yourself? If anyone doesn't know who you are, 
tell them a little bit about you and what it is that you do. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you. I know this feels like a long time coming because I missed the, I had to reschedule last time. And you're so incredible with your batching that it took a while for us to get back around to it. So I love that. Um, yeah. So I'm Elizabeth McCravey and my business has looked a lot of different ways over um, the years, which I know we'll talk about some, but at this point, I'm primarily a website designer. Um, that's my main focus. And I also love educating women on running a successful business. So like, not just like, oh, let's talk about website tips, but also like business strategy stuff. And so I do that weekly on my podcast called the Breakthrough Brand Podcast. And with the website design side of things, I sell website templates. So basically like pre-made websites that people can purchase anytime for my website and then use to DIY to create a really fun and strategic online presence. All of my listeners are going to get sick of me saying this because I feel like I say it really often, but Elizabeth's podcast is amazing. I've listened to almost every episode and you guys know that I'm really intentional about how many podcasts I listen to. So you're probably thinking like, you say this all the time and you say everyone's your favorite, but I have just been really lucky that all of my favorite educators have agreed to come on here so far. So just so you guys know, definitely go check that out, the Breakthrough Gram podcast, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into your your business? I know your story because I listened to your podcast, but give everyone kind of a brief brief synopsis of just a trajectory from college to where you are now. Yeah. Well, it's such a, it's such an interesting story to me, but I feel like it's so many people's story, like similar to mine. Like I don't have some like crazy, like, oh my gosh, you did this thing. And then that thing um, that's so bizarre. But for me, I didn't plan to start my business when I did. I feel like I'm an accidental entrepreneur in that way. Uh, but I have, since I was a little girl, always been like, I want to have a business someday. That sounds fun. Um, but I thought I had to have a lot of time in like corporate America in order to be at the level, whatever that means, that you'd have to be at to start a business. So right out of college, um, I moved to Nashville. I got married, new here and new job. And I was able to get a job really quickly, which I'm so grateful for. And at the time I had a lot of friends who, you know, were all recent college grads who were struggling to find jobs. So it was just like blessings. Like, this is amazing. I got a job. Um, and it wasn't like, this is my perfect long-term career, but more like, yeah, this is, this is cool. It was an advertising. I love advertising. Um, and it, it's going to be awesome. And then about a month in, I realized I really don't like it. And looking back, I'm like, that was such a blessing from the Lord that I like had a bad job. Um, because there were a lot of, like, I think it was partially like I'm, very entrepreneur minded. So like that was a piece of it of like me working for someone else just wasn't going to work. But also I think I could have had an awesome job right out of college and then never would have started my business. Like had it been the right job. Um, but that job in particular, I, I just, felt chained to the desk, didn't really feel passionate about what I was doing. And so I was freelancing a lot on the side. And eventually my husband was like, Hey, like you really hate this, like let's quit and you find another job. And so I put in my notice, like looking at the employee handbook. Okay. You give 30 days. Um, they had actually offered me like a longer term contract. So it was the perfect time to discuss like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put in notice. I'll keep doing this job. Cause we definitely needed the money. We were newlyweds. My husband, was working um, in a ministry and I put in my notice and left that day without a job. And so it was like, oh, like that was total 
really um, not what I was expecting to have to do. And so I felt both at that time, like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like free, finally can like do something fun. But I also was like, okay, I'm going to find another job. So I immediately went into like applying for more jobs um, consistently. Didn't hear back from a single job I applied for um, until after I started my business. So basically I, um, I did a lot of freelancing at that time. And I also was teaching yoga, which I was a certified yoga teacher from college. So I did a lot of that. And I started nannying and babysitting a ton. It was just really like super scrappy with like going to make some money, like what different ways um, can I earn an income here? And I was able to pretty quickly match monthly what I had gotten used to earning in the corporate job and then was able to match it and like surpass it some for that first year. Um, But I, I was like loving it. It was like looking back, it's like, it was really tough at times. Um, I, kn- I know we'll talk about this some, but like I struggled with feeling embarrassed that I was like a, you know, a college graduate basically nannying full-time because that was at for a while where most of my money was coming from was like the nannying and yoga teaching. But my parents were really supportive. Um, my husband was really supportive. And I freelanced for a while looking for a corporate job. And then at some point in all that, it felt very like fluid, not like some giant moment. But I ended up deciding like, let's make this into a business with my husband's recommendation and my dad's recommendation of you're already basically doing it. So like, why not make it official? So that's kind of how, how it all started. Okay. So did you go in intending to give 30 days and then you you walked away and just left. How did that happen? Yeah. I mean, that was, it was very bizarre. I, I literally, so first of all, I had never before that day quit a job. I always phased myself out because I had a lot of jobs um, in high school and college. I worked at a frozen yogurt shop. I worked at Kirkland's. Like I always just somehow managed to like not quit. And I'd like be like, okay, I'm seasonally going to like stop for a bit. And so quitting a job was like, this is really hard. So I cried while I was quitting and made my boss super uncomfortable. And he also caught him off guard a ton, which I hated because I really liked him. Um, But I quit really unexpectedly. And yeah, it was like, he had me go out of the office. I just went back to working. And then he called me back in later that day and was like, hey, you can actually like leave today. And it was all very like nice and civil, but um, yeah, very strange and unexpected. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's kind of terrifying. (laughs) To expect to have 30 days to wrap things up and then all of a sudden it's like, no, you can just go. That's fine. That's terrifying. So, okay, you mentioned this a little bit. The whole concept of feeling embarrassed by the beginner stages where I know you were thinking, okay, I'm a college graduate and yet I'm just nannying. Just, I'm saying that with quotations, just nannying because I've been there too. But I also know there are a lot of people who feel similarly, maybe not exactly the same, but I'm just doing this. Or I had someone DM me yesterday saying, this is probably impossible, but this would be my dream. And I'm like, no, this is your dream. Don't say it's impossible. Go for it. And I think there are so many people that are being held back by this idea of I'm just doing this or I'm side hustling or whatever it is. I guess just walk us through that a little bit. What kind of things were you feeling? How did those feelings affect your freelancing and your business? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's so funny because now I, when I look back at it, I'm like, I was doing awesome. It's like what I want to tell myself, I'm like you were doing great. You were making an impact in people's lives as a babysitter. Um, and you were really scrappy and providing for yourself. Like it's, I'm, I'm like proud of myself looking back. Um, which I think is so true of so much of our, like, you're just doing this is when we look back, it's a beautiful story that had so much intention behind it. But but yeah, I mean, I, so it's funny because I never nannied um, growing up. A lot of girls, you know, in high school are like babysitting all the time and things like that. I was never doing any of that. I was always trying to start little side hustles and like sell things on eBay and, and stuff of that nature working at like my dad's sawmill. So I wasn't really um, a nanny ever. And so I learned so many skills through uh, that experience of like, I was taking care of kids. I'd never really done that before. It's changing diapers, never really done that before. And a cool thing that I always look back on with like, um, it was very like emotional for me at times, but also just such a great experience. But one of the families I stayed with the longest actually stayed with them um, when I had already started my business and made it official because I would take the kids to school in the morning. So I was at their house at 545-ish every morning and I was done by 830. So it was like, I had the full, it was hard to let go because it was like, it got me out of bed in the morning, which I liked. And then I had time to work on my business after that. But that family um, was a little boy and little girl and their parents were going through a divorce. And that was why they had hired me. It was like, they needed like extra childcare, um, in the mornings to get the kids taken to school because the mom left early for work. And the boy and girl were at the exact same age that my sister and I were when my parents got divorced. And it was like this bizarre thing of like watching kids go through that and be like, wow, like that's what, that's what I was like then. And some of these questions, like I remember kind of thinking on that and um, like kind of supporting that mother and her um, ex-husband through that time was like really impactful for me. Um, just to get to like love on people in that way. And I I still think about them all the time. I don't talk to them anymore, but like stuff like that, even in the moments, like, yeah, it could be like smarter to have stayed in a corporate job or like could have been cooler to go full-time in my business immediately. But like, I think that was where I was supposed to be. And there was so much um, learning and beauty and growth in the journey. And I think so often we think like, once I get to this point, like everything's going to be perfect, but like the joy comes in the journey. Like we think I want a six figure business. I thought I just could have more clients that I just could, you know, land a speaking gig or whatever it is. But like, once you get to the thing, you're ready for the next thing. Like there just keeps on being new things. And the, I think there's so much joy in the journey. So that's what I would say to someone is like, like let your story, um, be, be, be beautiful, enjoy it, be along for the ride, be there to learn. And also your story is something that you can end up helping more people with later. Like, I feel like I can relate to certain aspects of starting a business because of my experience. I know you too can, Amanda, like we, we learn from our own experiences and can help other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what pretty much all the episodes of this podcast are about is people learning from their journey. And I just think one of the, the coolest things ever is to look back on your journey and what seemed like some twisty road at the time and the hard things that you go through and you get to look back and you see the big picture and you're like, oh my gosh, God had such a beautiful design that Mm -hmm. in the hard stuff, I never would have thought like this was going to be the outcome. There was a point where when I was still teaching preschool, we got to Washington and I, this 
amazing opportunity fell into my lap. I was so young. I had the same feelings that you did. Like, I'm too young to be doing this. But they offered me a director position at this preschool. And one, that was just wild. I'd only been teaching for like two years. But two, it was a brand new preschool. And so I got to build it from the ground up. I had to do all the marketing, all of the ad, like, I basically built the business and then things went down that I am not going to get into right now. And I ended up having to step away and it was devastating to me because I had enjoyed building that business so much. And I went back to teaching preschool. I had been working at two preschools. It was a crazy time in life, but (laughs) I was still teaching at the second preschool and that was great. And I love teaching. And now we've come full circle and I'm running my own business where I get to educate other women. And it's just like all of these pieces of, pieces have seemed to fall into place. Not that everything's perfect. And like you said, you're always looking at the next thing, but it's crazy to look back and be like that. This is why that happened so that this could fall into place. And I just think it's so cool. And I'm sure that, I mean, like you said, you get to use your journey to help other women, but I'm sure that even in all of those things that you were doing, the nannying and the freelancing and all of the stuff, the yoga, there are so many pieces of those jobs that you've brought into your own business too. That's such a good way to put it too, thinking about you, like you were teaching kids and now you get to teach uh, business owners. Yeah. I mean, that's so true that we, we learn so much from those experiences. And with me, like I work with a lot of coaches and like wellness people. And then it's like, I got that, I got trained in that world through like yoga school, literally, and then um, doing it for a while and working, I worked at a gym, um, for a while, like half of my time in college. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you you bring so much of that to all the equations. I just love seeing the way pieces fall in. And it's just like, we were all given such unique talents and to see the way they start meshing together. I don't know. It blows my mind every time. I love hearing people's stories for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I know you also struggled a lot with imposter syndrome and is anyone going to take me seriously effectively? Could you speak to that a little bit? And then how, how did you get past that imposter syndrome? Yeah, I actually in thinking about this interview. I don't know. I told you this already, but I came up with like, what, like four or five tips would I give someone who feels like they're struggling with that, but to like put some context on it. And I know we, you and I have talked about this before, but like we, we both had similar stories in this way, but like I started my business like 22 going on 23. I had not done this professionally outside of a job I hated in internships in college. And so it was like, well, like, do I really even know anything? And I had um, a couple discovery calls with potential clients early on where they like brought up my age and that made me uncomfortable. And like, I just felt like a literal baby um, for like so much of um, my early years in business. I was younger and I'm still like, you know, in my twenties, but it's like, I I definitely feel um, more confident now. And I think some of that did come with like growing up literally, like as in I'm older, but also just through doing the work and showing up um, boldly. So, so yeah, I mean, some thoughts on um, overcoming imposter syndrome. One thing is like, I think sometimes people advise this incorrectly, but like knowing you're not crazy for just being acknowledging where you are in your business. Like, I think some people can be like, you know, like kind of living in la la land type advice. But I think knowing like, this is where I'm at. Like say, you know, 
I have started a business. I don't have a ton of experience with this, um, but I'm exactly where I need to be right now, like holding that belief. Um, but I didn't overcome it by like lying to myself and saying, I have 10 years experience and I'm 30 years old and I've been doing this forever and I'm the best. Like that was not how um, I overcame it. I lived in the reality of where I was, but then tried um, to show up confidently from that place. And knowing that like with like my age, with my level of experience, like I was the right person for so many of my clients. Like, um, you know, I started out doing a lot of social media marketing. That was like my first big thing. And then I pulled in graphic design and branding and like, I was the right fit for those clients at that time. So that's like one, one tip I would share. I really love that one. Just, just the idea of embracing exactly where you are and the skills you have at this point and then knowing you're going to continue to grow and be confident in that. But as a business evolves, the clientele and the students and whoever you're bringing in, they're going to change as you grow. So I think that's so important yeah. that at every stage of your business, there are going to be people that you're perfect for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's so, yes, so true. I mean, so many people are like, feel like they have to be like charging the most money and being like the best of the best in order to like make their business work. And that's just not true. Um, yeah. And so like another tip I would give, and I was literally thinking about this one this morning. So, so intense, like, cause this is so true in my life right now, but social media is not reality. And so imposter syndrome typically comes from us comparing ourselves to like some other business owner girl on Instagram. Maybe you're comparing yourself to like this friend from college who you feel like is so successful or, you know, whoever, like just comparing people, um, but typically it's like social media is the biggest thing. And even if not social media, we don't know everyone's whole story. So you're often comparing your literal day in, day out life to someone else's highlight reel. And that's what Instagram is. Even people who show up vulnerably, because that's, I feel like I like to be an open book, but I still know like Instagram is not my actual life. And um, I realized that more than ever lately. And I know, you know this, Amanda, but my, my dad passed away. Um, about two months ago now, it was over Father's Day weekend. 2020 has seriously been the hardest year of my life. And I feel like everyone says that because of coronavirus. But like for me, it's like because of losing him unexpectedly. And it was not to coronavirus, it was to a heart attack. But like that rocked my world. And I have shared about it on social media a little bit. But I also am like, I'm running a business. And so like I'm as much as I can showing up and like talking about that. And I'm grieving privately. And like, I think that like that experience for me though has brought me to realize, yeah, like I'm seeing, you know, if there's some person who it's like, you think their life looks so perfect. Like they are also going through hard things, whether it's like someone they love passing away or just like a fight with their spouse or feeling left out of their friend group. And like, you're not seeing that whole experience on social media. When you think about it, even if someone puts up like 10 stories, that's what 150 seconds of their entire day. You can't see real life that way. Like it's just not possible. Yeah. And with that too, like if there's some person who like every time you see their little story pop up, you always want to watch it and then you feel horrible about yourself immediately after, like either unfollow them or if for some reason you cannot unfollow them because they'll notice and you know them in real life or something, you can mute their stories mm -hmm. so that they don't show up for you and you have to go out of your way to go look at them or take time off of Instagram. Like I know for me, like there's some people where I'm like, I don't really want to see like what they're doing in their business. And so I don't follow them. And it's like that simple. Like I can love them and um, think they're amazing, but like not want um, that comparison trap to be there. Um, so yeah, so that's one tip. And then like 
another one that kind of goes off of that is knowing that the feeling of whatever it is you're feeling like an imposture about or feeling self-conscious or not good enough, like it will pass. Um, but then there will be something else in your business that you're going to freak out about later. Cause that's just the nature of running a business. Um, I'm sure you've heard it, Amanda, but that phrase people say of new level, new devil. I think that's so true. Like at one point for me, it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm 23 years old. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't feel that way anymore, but there are numbers of things like leading a team. I'm like, that's hard. Um, imposter syndrome can come up there. Speaking at an event that gets you so excited can feel like, oh my gosh, that's scary. Like there's always going to be um, scary things and hard things and things that make you feel possibly inadequate um, in your business. So knowing that like whatever that thing is right now for those few listening where it's like there's this one thing where you're like, oh, that gets me. I feel so um, self-conscious imposter syndrome about it that that will pass. But then also like getting through that is such a good, valuable lesson for yourself because you're learning and growing and you'll be more prepared for the next like new level, new devil that happens. It's so true. And I think that business owners are the most aware group of women that I've ever met, particularly women, because that's who I surround myself with typically on Instagram. But when you see people talking about growth and enrichment, spiritual growth, personal growth, all that stuff, a lot of times it's someone who owns a business. And I think it's because business stretches you so much because you always feel inadequate in some way. You've got to figure out how to get over it. So that's a really good point. It's always going to be there. Yeah. I mean, owning a business builds so much resilience if you like allow it to versus throwing in the towel every time something's hard. Like almost like expecting it to be hard and saying, I can do hard things mm-hmm. is like, it, it, I think that's just so much like empowerment there. Yeah. And the last tip I'd give for imposter syndrome overcoming would be um, to be future focused. And what I mean by that is like knowing where you want to head and focusing there. And a question I like to ask myself, and I like will journal about this. Um, I love journaling. (laughs) I know you know that, but I think you love journaling too, but I think it's really fun. Um, But a question I like to ask myself is how would the version of me who has already accomplished this goal show up right now? And that's like, you know, the concept of operating from the wisdom that your future self can bring. So like, let's say your goal is to run a business that makes $80,000 a year, $200,000 a year, whatever it is. And that's like your, one of your big goals for the year. Well, how does the version of you who's already done the thing, like what, what do they make of that decision right now? Um, You know, it could be that your goal is to get out of debt. I mean, it can be so many different things to just start the business. Like how's the person who's one year into their business? Like how do they show up um, and make decisions? And uh, I do something and it's so fun because I was actually looking through this the other day, but I have, I can show it to you actually while we're on Zoom, but I have this journal. This was my original one called, um, I call my business dreams journal, but I like to write goals that might feel ridiculous, like dreams that feel ridiculous. And I will say big idea I'm holding on to. And so in this journal that was like, um, I mean, I guess that would have been maybe a year and a half into business, I wrote big idea I'm holding on to. And I wrote that I wanted to make a online course for designers, teaching them how to run a design business. So not how to literally do design, but how to run a business. And I'm literally working on the course. I spent all day yesterday working on it. And it's still so bizarre to me. And I I do think it's like the Lord put that dream on my heart then when I did not have a booked out design business yet. I definitely knew a lot of things because my business grew really quickly and I was able to get, um, 
get a pretty booked out like client calendar quickly, but I wasn't in the place I'm at now. And that wasn't like the right timing for me to do that course. Um, you know, I've made my website templates since then and a bunch of other projects like my podcast, but it's like so fun to look back because I dated it um, and see that like that was a dream I had back then even. So that's the thing I would say is like be future focused, allow yourself to dream like ridiculous dreams that feel ridiculous to you at the time and write them down because it's so powerful to get to see like what, um, what you said like a while back. So. Okay. It's so funny that you brought that up because I want to be a journaler, but I'm not a consistent not. journaler, you know, like yeah. I, have, I thought I you have might one. be because you're such a reader. And so oh, that, yeah. I kind of think of those as going together. I mean, I do, I write things down a lot, but I'm not one of those people that sits down every single morning yeah. and is able to write things. I'm more of like an emotional, if I have really high emotions or really low emotions, or I've got ideas or I'm excited that's when I journal, but it's not consistent. I am more of like an everyday kind of journaler, but I like to, and I've talked about this in my podcast, but keep, I'd keep a business dreams journal, which is like what this was. And it's not even anything fancy. I know you guys can't see us, but it's like, I mean, I got this gosh at like target for like $2, like five years ago. <laughs> um, and I write, I like to keep that separate. Cause then I can always see like, okay, what, um, what has changed? And it's really fun for me flipping back through it because I'll see like, like one, there's one early on where I wrote down, like I was trying to get to like $3,000 that month. And I was writing down like, okay, here's how I'll do that with this project. And I was like early on. And now it's like crazy looking at that and like how different um, my business is financially from them. But seeing like, I was like, you know, writing out like, okay, how am I going to get to that goal? Um, it's just cool seeing how far you've come. If anyone's like, I want to start journaling, but don't know where one prompt, that's my favorite one. And I talk about it on the episode. That's, I don't know the number, but it's about journal prompts. That's one you might end up linking to. But the question is what, what am I ready to welcome into the world? Um, and then you can just write about that, like whatever that brings up for you of like, maybe it's that you're ready to welcome a new client. Um, and that's something you're putting out there. They're like, I'm ready to welcome a new client this month. I'm ready to welcome a paid speaking engagement, ready to welcome a 100 K year, like, you know, writing it down like that and writing it down every day, like whether it's the same thing every day or, um, you know, something different. I, I really love that one. It's like a quick, like if you're kind of business journaling, like starting point. Okay. So circling back to the imposter syndrome stuff, because those tips were amazing, bringing in a little bit of your branding and website background, which guys, you should definitely check out Elizabeth's templates because they're amazing and beautiful and gorgeous. And she has so many options. What would you say to someone? What tips do you have to someone who is feeling imposter syndrome for whatever reason, how can they incorporate where they're at into their branding in an authentic way? Do you have any tips mm, for that? Yes. I love that question. Um, so something I would say on that, and I think a lot of your listeners fall into this boat. This is true of the women I serve as well, but a lot of us are building personal brand businesses and people might not see it that way because maybe your business name is not your name, or maybe you're not comfortable being the face of your company. And you're like, I do not want to get on Instagram and make a reel of me dancing. I definitely feel that way, <laughs> but you might be thinking that like, I don't want to be the, the personal brand um, for my company, but people 
work people they know, like, and trust. We've all heard, heard that said, but when we look at what that means practically, one of the like biggest pieces of advice, um, I love to give people who are like, again, you're, 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 you're the one providing the service in your company. So like, you know, you're a coach, you're a photographer, you're a designer, like all of those things you are working directly with the person. So let them get to know you. And that can look like sharing about your actual life behind the scenes. It can look like sharing pieces of your story on your website. It looks like having photos of yourself and not just stock images. Um, and same for like on social media when you're sharing. Um, and something too that that kind of goes along with that when we think about imposter syndrome, but a lot of us think you have to be like at the very top to give advice on anything. But in reality, all you have to do is be one step ahead of the person you're talking to. So you have to have figured out one thing and then you can tell them how to do it, give advice on it, all of that. Um, so you can look to like something you've overcome in your personal life, in your business, whatever, whatever relates to particularly like what you're selling and share a tip from it. Um, and you don't have to be like, I'm, I've figured it all out perfectly, but you can still share um, based on that. And that relates to like, I mean, I know that's not a website tip particularly, but it does relate to how you're showing up online. But okay, yeah. I'll stop you because... Yeah. <laughs> I think what attracted me to your brand so much is that, yes, you're a website designer and you do branding and all of that, but you're focused on the whole of branding. You're not just someone who focuses just on the pretty stuff. You are um, conversion-based, I think. Is, yeah. that how you phrase it for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening, Elizabeth just perfectly demonstrated that because who you are at is a huge part of your brand, like she said. And yes, you want to have consistency with the other things and the other parts are important, but that part's the most important, I think. And I, yeah, I love that that's the take that you went down with that because it's so fitting for your brand and who you are. It's so funny you say that because I struggle to give website design tips. Like that's something like if you, I know you listen to my podcast, but it's like I, I do, when I do episodes about websites, I dive deep into like, we're going to get really specific. I'm going to give you all the like deets on this one particular thing. But in general, I'm not like, let's talk about like navigation menus and things like that. I just, I like looking at the overall thing more. Um, yeah. And thinking about strategy and I'm like, just buy a website template. You'll be good. <laughs> it's kind of my thought there, but yeah, I mean, it all does relate. And I think too, something like when we think about websites, like people can be so perfectionist about it when really it's like whether or not your business succeeds and fails is not, is not based on like how well you do one Instagram post, how well your website is like perfectly laid out. Like I think dropping the perfectionism can help a lot. And I weirdly as a designer am not a perfectionist, which I feel like is so rare. A lot of designers like to say like, I'm so perfectionist. My work is my art. And I just, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I'm like better done is better than perfect is kind of my thought on a lot of stuff there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's how I approach it. And I do like to be, I guess, quote unquote, perfectionist when it comes to my client work, I should throw that in there. But when it comes to my own business, I'm like, this, this will work. It has typos. It's not, um, it's not like the, the absolute, absolute, absolute best, but it, it's going to, it's going to do great. <laughs> I feel like everyone needs to just pause and rewind and listen to that again, because I have been trying to nail this into all of my content batching students' heads lately. One Instagram post is not going to make or break your business. And if you have, anyways, that's a whole thing where it's like, yes, perfectionism 
it's so unnecessary, especially on social media where the life of a post is like 24 hours. Like stop, stop stressing about it. Yeah. You know, I have a funny story with that. So I did a post, a little cute little, how people do the little Twitter looking graphics. And it said, it said like her, her Instagram is a highlight. It was something about Instagram being a highlight reel. I can't remember. It was like, it felt cute in the moment. Um, but I wrote like a good caption with it that was like really speaking to like what I was going through. And like, well, literally I was talking about a minute ago feeling like, wow, I'm going through something really hard and not sharing every little detail and other people aren't either. But I literally spelled the word highlight wrong on the graphic. And I didn't realize I had over a hundred people repost it to their stories, lots of comments. No one even noticed it was spelled wrong. And my sweet sister was the one who was like, Oh, Liz, you spelled, you spelled highlight wrong. And it was like, you know, it's on the literal graphic, so you can't change it. And I just, you know, I didn't edit to the post. I'm like, speaking of highlight reels, like I spelled the word highlight wrong and we all didn't notice and it's fine. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect, but that felt so funny of like the irony of the content of that post and spelling it wrong on the graphic. Well, okay. And what I love about this is that because your brand and who you are is so relatable and you don't come across as someone who is trying to put themselves on a pedestal or trying to seem like they know it all because you're so relatable. That just makes you more endearing to your audience. Even if people did notice, it's like, Oh, whatever. Like she's the normal human. And I already know that, you know, because you own who you are. Yeah. And that's something, yeah. Taking that, like thinking, how can you just like own when you mess up and it not be a big deal in our business? Yeah. Very true. Because I don't, I don't want the people that follow me to think that I think that I'm perfect in any way because I'm going to mess up. Like, yeah, please don't put me on a pedestal. If like, I don't want to seem like I think I should be on one. I don't know. I, I'm a human and I have flaws and I mess up multiple times a day in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Just as life. And we all, we all do. So I try to own it as much as I can. Yeah, I totally agree. This was amazing. Um, There's so much great wisdom within this episode. I just, this was amazing. But if you could give everyone one action step to take this week, and we kind of talked on a lot of topics, so it could be on any of them, but one action step to either move forward with knocking down imposter syndrome or move forward with owning who they are in their personal brand, I don't know. But one action step that they can take this week, what would that be? Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm going to give two. Okay. <laughs> Being a rebel a little. They'll both be short though. But one would be going back to what we talked about earlier, but like write down, doesn't have to be in a fancy journal. It could be type into a Word doc, whatever you want to do. A dream for your business that's a not right now dream, but a later dream and that you're going to hold on to and let yourself write down the thing that you're like, wow, that probably takes like 10 years for me to get there, but feels like something you really want to do. Just write it down, close the journal, move on. Um, but like, let yourself write it down. The second thing I would say is like, do a post on Instagram, a blog post, a podcast episode. Um, you know, if you're a podcast or a YouTube, whatever your like means of content creation is, share a piece of advice, a little tidbit of wisdom that is you being one step ahead of someone else. So again, not like expert speak, but like, you know, you figured out this one thing in your business. Maybe you, you know, maybe you're not a website designer, but you just set up a website template and you made it look really great. And now you have a tip for how to do that. Like, you know, maybe you are in Amanda's program and you've learned something about content batching. 
like share a tip about that. Like it doesn't have to be, um, you being the like smartest person in the room type of stuff, but share something that's one step ahead of the person you're speaking to. I love that. Those are both really great tips and really great action steps that I want all of you to take. Now, Elizabeth, I know that you love to read too. So what would be one book that you would recommend for everyone? Yeah. So first I'd say I'm jealous of your reading. You make me like, feel, you make me feel like the biggest loser in reading. Cause I'm like, you read all the books ever. And I thought I loved reading, but I do love I just reading. have no life. Well, you are so, I really, I'm waiting for you to do like how I read so much as like a content piece because you are amazing in that way. But um, yeah. Okay. So book goodbye, book recommendations. Um, Two business books I really love. One is Built to Sell. Um, It's like an allegory type book um, talking about someone's business journey and how um, they built a business and sold it. And even if you're someone like myself where you're like, I don't really want to sell my business. I don't have an interest in that. It's more speaking to like how to scale a business where you do not have to be in it 24 seven in order for it to run. And that book had so many um, little tidbits in it that were like super impactful for me. And it was fun to read as well. Uh, And another book I really love that I feel like is a must read for any, one in business. Um, I'd say wait a little, little bit of time. I tried to read it my first year and couldn't get into it, but a couple of years in, it was like, this felt so relevant, but the book is called traction. Um, I'm sure you've, have you read that one? It's actually really funny. Um, it's sitting on my desk right now and I literally bought this because you recommended it. So that's hilarious. Do you like it? Yes. It's so good. And I, yeah, I mean, I would probably wait until you're at least a year into business or if business really takes off for you in the first year, maybe get it. But it definitely seems you want to know what you're doing and you want to have dug into the dirt basically of what your business is so that you can define some of the things that they want you to define like core values and things. Yeah. I think what also, I mean, the book focuses so much on like team building and organizational structure. And when I first started, I'm like, I don't have, I don't have a team. I don't want a team. That was also my mindset when I first started. I was like, I don't want anyone working with me. I want to be alone in my like introverted self. Um, so it felt like irrelevant, but yeah, I like devoured it though last year and was like, this is everything I need right now. Um, and built to sell, I think is relevant at any stage. And that one, actually the example business is a service business. So it's like, they're not scaling like some product thing, which feels so reasonable of like how you would do that. But it's a service, which I thought was really, um, fascinating to read. I haven't read that one actually or heard of it. So I'll have to add it to my list. Yeah. I can't remember who wrote it, but yeah, it's good. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. I think you would like it. It's a fast read. I read it like on an airplane coming home from a trip um, and it was like fast. Okay. So I'm going to add all of your links to the show notes for everyone to go check you out in all the places, but what would be the number one place that they should go check you out? Uh, probably my podcast since people here clearly like podcasts. Um, so that would be, if you search my name or the breakthrough brand podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find that. Um, and then I'm at Elizabeth McCravey on Instagram and Elizabeth McCravey.com on my website. So yeah, that would be the place. And all of those are in the show notes. You guys can just click over real nice and easy. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. This was so great. Yes. I had so much fun chatting. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. 
I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.